Are you struggling with all of the messages about Mother's Day and how wonderful it will be to honor mothers, but you're not even sure what motherhood means after you've lost your baby? There's no harder holiday to cope with for moms of stillborn babies than on Mother's Day. That's why I'm hosting a free support session called Coffee and Comfort on Sunday, May 12th at 11 o'clock Eastern. We'll get together for an hour before the day gets started and talk about the guilt and what-ifs that so often come after this type of loss. And I'll help you create a plan for the day that honors both you and your baby. The best part is we'll gather together with other lost moms who really get exactly how you're feeling so you won't feel alone. Together, we'll navigate Mother's Day and learn how to get through this tough holiday with ease. Save your seat at jennifersend.com slash coffee or click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Today, I'm here with Amy Figueroa, and she is also a lost mom who has built a company that helps women find a way to be able to stay home and run their own business. So two things that are really near and dear to my heart. I love I love the business world. I love women being able to work in business and be with their families, support their families as as well as be a really great mom too. So welcome, Amy. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So would you be willing to share your lost story with us? Absolutely. So in 2017, I was pregnant with actually my fifth child, biological child, and we discovered I was went in for a regular checkup and found out that there was something not right with her heart rate. So I was sent in for monitoring and discovered at seven months pregnant that she there was something very wrong, that her heart was not developing correctly. And it took another month of testing and such to figure out what might be wrong or what might not be correct with her. And they finally determined through amniocentesis that she did have trisomy 13. And then the doctors let us know there was no way they could give us any idea how long she might live or what her quality of life may be. And so it was very late in the pregnancy. We did choose to have her induced labor, and she was born healthy enough that they felt that she was did not need any extra in medical intervention. She was breathing on her own. Things were okay. We thought we would have at least a few months with her, possibly more. And then she just started failing right away within a couple of hours. And so she ended up passing away just six hours old. And uh, it was pretty unexpected, even though we did have the diagnosis and we did know in advance that she wasn't going to be perfectly healthy and, I guess, normal. It was still a bit of a shock because we had no way of knowing that she would fail within hours and we would lose her that day. So, yeah. And then after she passed, they pretty much just sent us on home. There was really no support, nothing. Like there was, I was just wheeled out as if I, you know, I had just come in for a checkup or something. There was no postnatal care for me as a mother or maternity care, nothing. So I was just left to go home and and grieve on my own, which was difficult. I'm so sorry about your loss. And it just is something that 
is really just shocking. And I think sometimes too, the way that the medical system can either be really, really helpful in these times or make a really traumatic event even worse, which it sounds like possibly that was your experience. Definitely. And then left you to go home with no resources. Right. Nothing. They actually recommended like joining a Facebook group for craving moms, and oh, gosh. which is of course helpful. I, and I yeah. don't mean to downplay that; it's absolutely essential part of support. But as you well know, it takes more than a social media group to deal with that type of grief and loss, and and honestly, sh- sort of shock and trauma for yourself as you're riding the emotional and and hormonal roller coaster simultaneously. It adds an extra element to the grief process when we're on the hormonal roller coaster that other losses don't necessarily involve. So, and for some reason, it's it, that hormonal shifting is something you don't expect. Definitely, I don't know why. Even if you have, I mean, you had four other children. I had two, and for some reason, it never occurred to me. That my body was going to go through all of these things, the same things it does when your baby is born living. So how did you deal with it? And how did you go home and tell these four children that their baby sister, Catherine, wasn't coming home? That was another element that I try as you might, you can never really prepare for telling them. So we came home and they came clamoring at the door. They wanted to see her. And of course, you know, she wasn't there. So we had to try to explain to them and they were really small, so they didn't quite understand it. And so we sat them down and we told them that she's not going to be coming home and that her heart wasn't able to support her and, you know, had the talk with them. And they, of course, being young, they handled it, I think, a lot better than we did. Kids are so resilient and flexible. But it was extremely hard for me because I've, I, here I was surrounded by these amazing blessings that I had so much difficulty bringing into the world to begin with, and yet missing their sibling. And I had this feeling of really guilt because I should just be thankful for the kids I have, right? But yet at the same time, this tremendous loss, this tremendous hole in our family existed and still exists, of course, to this day. I can feel her loss to this day. It's been six years next month. And I will still go to count them when we're, you know, leaving someplace and feel like somebody's missing. And then, oh, no, no, everyone's here. You know, I, I, I've done that, too. Isn't that? Yeah. You, you just feel it like something is not there's something missing, someone missing. It's such a hard time. So what were the steps that you took to get yourself back on track and try to get some healing? Yeah, so I started to plunge into a pretty deep depression. I'm sure you and other listeners can relate. So, and I I realized, you know, I have all these people depending on me, my children, my husband. So I just decided that I, I had to take control somewhere. And where that was, was starting with one tiny step. So one tiny thing, getting a shower <laughs> that day. If that's all I could do that was out of what I, my routine at that time, then that was success. And then once that became a habit, then, you know, getting dressed in real clothes instead of my maternity, you know, yoga style clothes, 
you know, getting dressed. And then when that became a habit, adding another, maybe I throw on some makeup, maybe I do my hair, something that was dragging me forward little by little, you know, cleaning up one pile of paperwork from the mail that, you know, of course, I didn't feel like dealing with any of that stuff. And so picking a section and saying, okay, I'm going to deal with that today. Just building on those habits, just one tiny, tiny thing a day or even a week, however long it takes you. That was, it started, and then it compounds. So I was able to, you know, improve pretty quickly from once I started to employ that process. That is, I think, such great advice because depression can, depression can really take hold. And of course, it's so common after a loss. When you were talking, it made me think about this book. It's by Ed Milet. And he talks about that, that same thing about just like, you know, can I do one minute of walking? (laughs) I mean, can I take a walk for one minute? And then tomorrow, can I do one more minute? I'll just... Like just that one, that that one more thing is so powerful and can really start to snap you out of this depression. And in the beginning, it might be just, you know, can I get out of bed? Yes. Yeah. Whatever it takes, just one thing. Choose one small thing if that's it. Maybe getting up, maybe eating your meals at the table with maybe eating at all. (laughs) For some of us in that, you know, maybe you're not eating. For me, it was like having to come back to the table and and resume family life when there was someone missing was really difficult. And so that was one of the one of the things I started focusing on was making sure I spend time in the middle of the family, not just one on one, not just, you know, when it was nap time or something for one of them, but in general. Yeah, because parenting while grieving as a whole other layer of grief isn't it because it is. it's you're you're carrying the grief for them you're carrying it for yourself tell us how you got started in your business sure so it was really in losing Catherine uh, when I sat there and looked at my surviving children I realized that I really didn't want to leave them anymore I wanted to be home with them I wanted to spend every minute that I had available with them instead of trudging off to my little cubicle or a low wage, you know, every day I would be leaving them behind in the care of my older sons. And while I go to work and my husband would tag team care with them and, you know, but I was away from them a lot. And I realized losing Catherine that I, I didn't want to do that anymore. It's not that I ever really enjoyed it. I don't think any of us enjoy just, you know, kind of leaving them, but it, it becomes this, for me, it became sort of a, a salt in the wound, I guess for losing her. So I decided to look into ways for me to make that happen. And I just took the plunge. I guess being in that grief mode gave me the courage to take a, a leap of faith that I I probably wouldn't have taken if it weren't for having lost her so recently. And so I launched my virtual assistance business and it just took off from one client to seven and grew from there. So I was able to bring in subcontractors and all that, but I was able to be home with my kids full-time, making income, everything. It's it's what I call my silver lining in that cloud. It's such a great success story because it's something you might not have done. Did you have any more children? I did not. She was the last, but that was by choice. So, okay. 
but that's because we already had a large family and and it was like, yeah, that's, you know, I think we need to just focus on the ones that we have now. So, yeah. So your business, is it just women or do you have some men? It's all, for me, it has all been women thus far. But yes, I turned around and decided to help. So many people were coming to me and asking me for help or advice on getting started that I decided that, okay, this is, this is a thing. People really need this. And I, so I created programs to help them get started. And my, one of my main goals is to keep it really affordable because there are lots of people out there teaching people to get started, but it's, it's really costly. And if you're in a situation like I was at that time, that can be prohibitive. That can stop you in your tracks. If somebody wants $2,000 for a program up front, that can be prohibitive in that situation. But so mine is very low cost, less than $100 to get started. And I try to keep it that way on purpose because this is my, this business is my passion project. It's not the 100% way I sustain my family. So I still serve clients just like my mentees do. I just do it because I, I want to help. I want to help women get out of the situation that I was in. So mm, it's amazing. Did you return to work after your loss for a while? Yeah. Yes, I did. And so that was that was a journey in itself. <laughs> yeah. So tips for that I would love to share. Being proactive and taking control of the narrative before you head into the office. So for me, that was something that I did retroactively as I was there. And I realized that people were struggling with whether they wanted to me to overshare or undershare. It was a difficult moment, not only for myself, but for my coworkers. So I realized that in retrospect, that I would have sent out an email prior to returning to work kind of giving them a heads up on here's what happened and then here's what I'm you know willing to discuss and not like this is fine these points are fine these points I would rather not discuss right now at this time you know or at work to give them some guidelines and I think that would have really helped them as well because people were they felt awkward they weren't sure exactly what to say or what not to say and I think it could have saved both of us a lot of stress and time Emotion. Yeah, that's such an important piece because you, you, when you have your lost, you have your family, you're surrounded by your family, by your loved ones. And eventually, a lot of us have to go back to work. And that I know with my clients is a really big sticking point for them because it is they these people that you work with feel like they're entitled to all of the information. So I, yeah, I love that idea of sending out an email and just spelling it out and here's what I'm willing to do and here's what I'm not willing to talk about. And I always think too, it's a great idea to have a work buddy who yes. can go before you and say, okay, she's yes. coming back Friday. Yes. Here's how it needs to be because, because you don't want it to be uncomfortable for either one of you. Right. Right. And I think without some sort of groundwork laid ahead, it, it is likely to be uncomfortable. Right. I think it's also important to realize, which again, this is looking back from the other side of it, that we're allowed to take up space. We're allowed to 
protect our grieving space. Like that's, you know, we sometimes feel like we owe them an explanation or the details and you don't, you know, and I'm sure that you deal with that mm. a lot. You know, we, we think that we have, well, we have to, or they'll be offended. And, you know, most people won't, honestly. And if they do, I mean, they'll have to come to that understanding on their own. You are allowed, you are entitled to take up space in that, in that office or in that workplace and say, you know, I'm, I'm not okay with discussing this right now. You have that right, not only like a legal right, but you have a moral right. That's your, that's your personal space. So I would encourage them to sort of claim that space and not be afraid or not feel like they owe anybody any kind of right story sharing or anything like that. I I know I shared with you before when we were talking that I was a hairstylist at the time mm-hmm. of my loss. And so there would be eight to 10 times a day, I would be retelling the story. And in people, because they were my, my clients for years. They thought that that was certainly entitled for them. And and in some ways, maybe it was healing for me. I don't really know, but I know it was exhausting. I know if nothing else, it was absolutely exhausting. And so, yeah, I do wish, um, I don't know, I, I sometimes think, wouldn't it have been fun to make some sort of a little or something like here's the here's what I want you to know and, and this is it this is all I'm talking about and let's talk about something else what do you have going on yes. in your life because it just yes. was really really tiring everyone grieves differently for sure that boy that is that is the statement of the year isn't it I mean it just is so so many different layers to it you have a virtual VA business Yes. And tell tell me what that means exactly. Right. So virtual assistants perform all kinds of tasks in the back end of other people's businesses. So it's fully remote work from anywhere that has a solid Wi-Fi connection, obviously. We do anything from basic administrative tasks to, you know, customer service and help desk to all kinds of digital marketing, even graphic design, copywriting, all these things can fall under the umbrella of virtual assistants. And so it's a one-to-one relationship usually. Sometimes it's you joining a team, but the it, you're a freelancer. So you're a 1099 contractor and the client is contracting you specifically to do a specific outlined group of tasks or, you know, fulfill a certain role. So that's what virtual assistance is. And I help people get started and use the skills they already have to jump right into that industry. That's amazing. And then do you have connections to get them the yes, the con- work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And how does that work for for a mom? If you, you know, if you have one or two kiddos at home, what does that day look like? It depends. If your kids are really small, I always recommend Try to fit as much work as you can in during nap time. If you, especially if you don't have other help or support at home to sort of intervene. Another thing I tell them is to get busy bags and kind of rotate through activities so they can sit sort of on the floor next to you and play nicely while you work. 
If you have older kids, you can schedule your work time around either when they're in school or if you homeschool, then while they're working on something independently or during whatever time you give them for, you know, screen time or other activities that are, again, more independent from you. But I've worked in just about every environment with all of my kids at home. So I know where there's a will, there is a way for sure. (laughs) Well, it's such a it's such a great way to kind of have a little bit of the best of both worlds, even though I'm sure there's definitely some time management involved. But it's it's such a great way for moms to make a little extra income and be home with their kids. Absolutely. So any other pieces of advice that you think someone should know as they're navigating this life after loss? I think the number one thing that I tell everyone that I meet now that I can speak with about this topic is to get help and support. Do not try to do this alone. I think, obviously, coming to you, people like you who serve this community, who have been there, this is huge. There are therapists and they're wonderful. But if they haven't experienced a loss as you have, as I have, then they can't fully understand where you're coming from. And this isn't to say that you wouldn't need their services, but maybe you need, in addition to that, more help. Maybe you need some coaching, some some more in-depth interaction. So I would recommend get connected to you, get get that help, get on the road, the path to healing with someone who knows what you're going through, who has been there, who has dealt with all the things, trying to hold it all together, trying to return to work, trying to be present for your family that you have there with you. That's something that I think only somebody who's been there really gets. And you cannot, I can't, shouldn't say you can't do it alone, but you really shouldn't. It's so much harder. And I think that the healing is so much slower and, and sometimes doesn't actually even fully heal. That- yes, thank you for that. I, I really, I do agree. I think there is, there's so much unprocessed grief sometimes in people. And I think that we're just, we're trained to just keep going, just keep going. It'll be okay. It happens. It's just one of those things. And then 10 years down the road, you're not doing so well because you never fully process this grief. And I think it sneaks up at, at different times. So yeah, I think any kind of help if you're noticing any, you know, any of these things and they, and it does grief will sneak back in. And especially if it's been a while since you've experienced a loss, I think it's, then it becomes ultra important to find the the right coach or counselor that can help you who has been there because there's a fear of judgment when it comes to, well, it's been five years, you know, it's been 10 years. And that no therapist is going to understand. No one else is going to understand. Why am I still grieving over this? It's stupid. Well, it's not stupid at all. Of course, you know, we know that because we've gone through it, but we fear that other people will think wrong of us. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, you're right. There are a few things in, in life where you have to have a very specific person and only someone who has been through it would understand. And this is one of them. This is one of you them. You just can't understand it unless you've been there. Right. So, yeah, that is so important. Did you get, did you 
find a therapist or support group or anything after your loss? I did join some support groups. I did go to therapy for a little while. But again, that's how I know that you need somebody who has who has been there. And I think there are so few people doing that work that you're doing. So thank you for being a light, a little lighthouse on the cliff for us because <laughs> it gets dark out here in the storm and and not everyone understands where you're coming from. Like I said, especially if it's been some time since you've had that loss, it can be really yeah. difficult. So yeah, I did I did explore those methods and it was so, helpful. I will definitely say it was helpful. Yeah. Oh, I think any anything is help. Anything is better than nothing. Yes, don't just anything not alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anything yeah. is better than nothing, but it's yeah, when you can get really targeted help, it, it makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah, for sure. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your expertise and Where can people find out more about you and this amazing business that you've created out of a, I I think too, your story is also one that is so inspiring to take the new person that you are after, after this loss, because you're never the same. No. So how do you take this new person that you've become and create something Really, that makes your life so much better. Yes. For this experience. Yeah. Well, I, they can find me at vitalva.life and I'm on all the social media handles under Amy Figueroa Vital VA. So, okay. Glad to connect with anybody if they need somebody to talk to. I'm there for that too. So, yeah, that's great. Very nice. Thank you. And I will, be sure to link all of your information in the show notes so that they can look for you and get in touch with you. If they're thinking of starting a new at-home career, I think it's a, it's definitely something that has been increasing in need. Yes. And I know a lot of my business friends are use VAs and it's, it's amazing. So Definitely a career that's growing. Thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate Mm -hmm. your time. Thank you.